wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is... In all my magnificent, you're gonna be mine all night long. Here's Jonathan Hood. Happy New Year. Welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. And don't forget the YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on YouTube.com. Go back and listen and find some of our great interviews that we have done in 2019. And before that, as a matter of fact, on the YouTube page, youtube.com, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Well, I hope that you have a great New Year's. And I know in 2019, we've had a great time talking professional wrestling. We have really put a lot of content out there for you, the pro wrestling fan, on ESPN 1000. Of course, our Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. We are growing our Twitter and our YouTube in a big way, and so I'm grateful and thankful for you checking in to the podcast. Um, and there's a number of things that we're going to talk about here on this 31st of December, and that is wrestling New Year's resolutions and things I'm hopeful for for 2020 for pro wrestling. We have really had a renaissance, haven't we? With pro wrestling, there has been so many different companies to watch. And I always say this, it reminds me of the Territory Days, except that in the Territory Days, you didn't get a chance to see every single wrestling show unless you had this booming satellite dish in your backyard where you could pick up a lot of different channels. A lot of times, back in the day, you would watch your shows that would be on in your area, and then you'd read about the rest of them in magazines <laughs> or maybe a newsletter, right? Well, now in 2020... We will be able, as we have been over the last few years, be able to go on YouTube or go to uh, some Reddit link or find wrestling where we want to find it. And it's uh, it's really interesting what's going on in uh, this era of professional wrestling. So, as I mentioned, we're going to have some resolutions. Our thank we're very thankful also for Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. He came on board with our show and gives us his thoughts on the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars um, as we review NXT as well as uh, AEW uh, every week as well. It was so much content, we had to add someone else to our tribe, our TWT tribe, so we're grateful for Josh for being part of it and giving his his thoughts. Hey, I'm an older wrestling fan. He's a younger wrestling fan, but he's a student of the game. So I like I always like his input and his thoughts uh, from his eyes on what he sees for professional wrestling. Um, 
let's take a look now at some of the action across the landscape of pro wrestling uh, as we get ready for 2020 here. So resolutions and thoughts about AEW, NXT UK, MLW, ROH, we'll get to all that in just a moment. I was thinking about this before I go through each company. I was thinking about how so many people have drawn a dividing line between AEW and NXT or WWE. And I think that is healthy for the sport of professional wrestling. The reason why I think it's healthy is because it's kind of like the Red Sox versus the Yankees in baseball, the Angels against the Dodgers, the White Sox against the Cubs in Chicago. Uh, It is like college football with Alabama fans against Georgia fans, um, you know, USC, Penn State. It's interesting because you're going to root for who you're going to root for. And if there are NXT fans that look down to AEW or vice versa, I think it's healthy. Because if you're an AEW fan and you're riding with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and uh, that particular group, that's because you've made a decision as a wrestling fan that says, hey, you know what? I'm tired of seeing the same old, same old. I'm going to go to the AEW, so I'm going to be an AEW fan. If you're an NXT fan and you're a fan of Triple H because you believe that he is the heir apparent, that he will be able to take over the throne once Vince is done with it, then I can understand why you're an NXT fan or a WWE fan. You have seen so much, and I know I've seen so much WWE, that sometimes it always looks the same to me. Raw and SmackDown are not different. They're not different brands. They're the same brand. And when we see like a 205 Live, when we see an NXT, when we see Worlds Collide coming up with NXT UK taking on NXT, it's going to be so much different. And that's a good thing. I don't believe in the same of anything. Even me as a broadcaster, I don't want to sound like everybody else. I know that for some, there's a comfort of saying, okay, I'm used to this style of broadcast, and I want all my broadcasters to sound the same. I'm never going to be that guy. For better or for worse, I'll never be that broadcaster that's going to blend into everybody else to sound the same, because that's why we have different flavors of ice cream. Okay, there's vanilla, there's chocolate, there's Rocky Road, there's sherbet, there's all these different type of flavors. Well, I'm a different type of flavor, and I think that wrestling companies should develop their own flavor. And you as a wrestling fan, if you like that flavor of ice cream, whether it's NXT or AEW, you should choose. And that, I think that's fine. I, I, I look at it like this. I remember growing up as an NWA fan, um, really AWA because I'm from Chicago, but watching NWA when it came into syndicated television in the city in the mid-80s, I said, wow, I love this brand because it's like college basketball in the ring, meaning that the fans were so rabid and so loud. I'm like, it's like a college atmosphere, uh, even though it's pro wrestling. And I fell in love with that NWA brand in the 80s, and it was, it was great. It was great to watch. So even through the change of the NWA and how uh, Jim Crocker Promotions was taken over by Ted Turner and WCW, and there were some really lean years between 1990 and 1995-96, I still was watching 
maybe not as much, but I still was uh, aware of what was going on with that brand because I adopted that as my team. When the AWA folded, the NWA became my favorite team to watch or my favorite organization to watch. So if you're a diehard WWE fan and this is what you're used to watching, you can understand why a fan's like, you know what, I want what's best for Vince. I want what's best for the company. I'll just watch three hours of Raw, watch two hours of SmackDown. I'll watch every pay-per-view because you're locked in. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I just remember the conversation with Dave LaGreca when I was hosting on Busted Open, which also is a blessing for me, by the way, in 2019, to be able to uh, host that show on Sirius XM. You can go back in the archives, by the way, of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and hear uh, my conversations with Dave as we did a show together. I also did a show with uh, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. I thought that was all great this year in 2019. Hope for more in 2020. Uh, nevertheless, I, I look at... Our, our conversation and Dave's like, I don't understand why people are saying I'm just an AEW fan and screwed WWE or I'm an NXT fan. I don't care about AEW. Why should I care? Listen, as, as a fan, you have a right to choose what you want to choose. Watch what you want to watch. I would say that it's good that there are multiple companies for us to watch, but no one's going to force you. I know that there's a lot of uh, wrestling that I watch that maybe you don't watch. But I just think that if we're all watching, it helps the overall good. One company ruling North America, one company that is ruling the world is not good. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. I don't think that is good. But if you root for the WWE, that's great. I think everybody should. Because they're trying to push the ball uphill every single week, trying to get better, trying to get more uh, viewers in this very interesting time in television where everything is fractured. It's not just watching the USA Network and Fox. Now it's streaming. Now it's Hulu. Now it's YouTube. There's so many different ways to be able to watch these products now. So it's interesting to watch how all these organizations are trying to find viewers uh, to their product. So... I mean, you like what you like, I like what I like, as long as we're all watching wrestling, it really helps the overall product, the overall um, genre of pro wrestling, so that's that's how I look at it, um, but I'm never going to just say, I'm never going to watch this, because this is garbage, and so I'm going to only root for one company, no, I think... You root for who you want to root for, but root for the brand. Root for the the genre of wrestling. I think that that's one way I would look at it. Let's take a look at the New Year's resolutions and thoughts about these organizations in 2020. Let me start with AEW. I wish AEW continued success. I also want AEW to be able to uh, explain their characters and angles a lot more. I, I know that... There are many, especially on social media, that have been pro and con AEW. And there's some things that they still need to work out. I still will give AEW the benefit of the doubt because you don't come out of the box so strong and be able to maintain that. Um, because you still have to figure out how to work episodic television with the, the majority of your roster being independent contractors, being indie workers. Uh, and that's not necessarily a knock. It's just that there are a number of wrestlers on this roster that still need to work a TV style. And if you're a longtime wrestling fan, you know what I mean by TV style. Um, and so when you have a thin roster, 
there are longer matches, and I totally understand that. But since you have longer matches, you still also have time to be able to explain these characters. You have to be able to explain you know, what the Dark Order is when you come into television, when you start on TNT. You, they kind of just threw them out there, and now they're trying to backsell it, trying to explain what the, the Dark Order is. And the last time that we saw AEW, all of a sudden the Dark o- Order took over, and still not really explained what they are. And so that has to get better. If they're going to introduce someone, they just can't appear on TV and say, okay, here's Chris Stantlander, and she's going to be a women's wrestler. What's her background? What's her story? She comes in with stars and moons and planets on her face and her body, and I'm like, well, who is this? She's just wrestling. <laughs> that You can't do that. If, you're, if it's going to be someone you're going to invest in, there has to be vignettes and there has to be video packages to explain who these people are. Uh, you have to cater to the masses if you're AEW, and you have to grow your audience that way. I can't just sit here on this podcast and give you inside joke after inside joke after inside joke and think that I'm going to bring everybody in. If you get the joke and if you've listened to me over the years, maybe that's cool, but how do I grow my audience if I'm just giving you inside jokes if I'm giving you inside information. So the point is, is that you have to cater to the masses, meaning that just because uh, I know about being the elite, the video package on youtube.com doesn't mean everybody does. And it's kind of mentioned in AEW, oh, being the elite. Oh, well, what is that? I think that the one thing that WWE has always done well is even they've repeated it ad nauseum. If you don't know something, they will tell you about it Every single week, they will continue to explain to you what something is, whether you like it or not. They'll continue to tell you what the character is. It's almost like they have it uh, in a package where it's written out for them in a script form for the announcers to tell you who is what, what is going on. Because that's the only way that you can explain and grow your audience. So I, I think that you have to look at AEW and say, hey, it's only 13, 14 weeks old. And I think that the show is growing, and I think it's a good thing. I'm glad for Turner that they're back in the wrestling game, and I think that AEW will have continued success. Cody Rhodes, or the American Nightmare Cody, as the executive vice president, is the hottest baby face in that company and one of the hottest baby faces in wrestling. Every time he comes out, he always gets a reaction. And you take a look at that young roster, like Angelico, and looking at Adam Page, um, Chris Jericho as AEW champion is the perfect champion for this company, a veteran that's going to get young talent over. Veterans like um, Christopher Daniels is on this roster. We mentioned Cody. But what's happening here is in a year from now, Darby Allen, you would hope Darby Allen it would be in a position where he could be in the semi-main or main event or uh, Isaiah Cassidy, uh, wrestlers like that, to have Joy Janela be better. Um, to have Jungle Boy be in a big spot, Kip Sabian, you know, there and MJF, of course, was the best talker in that company. There's a lot of veterans, but there's a lot of young talent on this roster as well. So I like what I've seen so far. I would say that overall, for the 13, 14 weeks we've seen from AEW, it's been about a B plus. And and so again, not being inside, roll out the wrestling. 
Give give more personality to the wrestlers, and they'll be fine. They're already drawing very well in a lot of these cities that they've gone to. They have taken the risk of doing live TV every Wednesday in different cities around the country. Uh, that That's pretty strong. It really is. And every time they come to Chicago, they sell out in less than 10 minutes. So they have found Chicago as a hotbed, and which is great. Uh, but they've got to continue to expand their brand uh, and get better. I like what they've done so far. So let's see, some New Year's re- resolutions and some thoughts about NXT UK. If you have not watched NXT UK and you just like your pro wrestling hot and if you like it physical, I would suggest NXT UK. From British Strong Style, from Pete Dunne, who I think that many of us have seen already on NXT programming, uh, with his tag team with Mustache as Mustache Mountain, uh, with Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, which is a terrific tag team. Uh, Pete Dunne being part of that British Strong Style. From Gallus, from Joe Coffey and Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, uh, the, one of the best tag teams in the world, in my view. James Drake and Zach Gibson's on that show. And, of course, Imperium. Volter is the... NXT UK uh, champion, and he is just an impressive, impressive wrestler. And really enjoy watching Walter work. Walter is is just, uh, he is just um, really, really solid. And watching him outside the NXT UK and watching him wrestle in uh, Germany and wrestle in Ireland uh, and a lot of parts of the UK, he is just a really impressive figure. I've made the parallel that he's a young Andre. And for those that think about Andre the Giant and he was slow and plotting, that's not the Andre I'm talking about. I'm talking about a young Andre that can move even before his time in Japan. Just YouTube uh, Andre, the um, the the earliest time that you can find Andre on YouTube. And, and Volta reminds me of him in a lot of different ways. Big hands, can move. And uh, and he brings a different presentation than some of these, you know, lighter wrestlers. He's a big guy that, but again, he has a lot of great moves. Um, so him as champion is really impressive. Also with him, this Imperium group with Alexander Wolf, man. Alexander Wolf had one of the best matches I've seen all year, best TV matches I've seen all year. Alexander Wolf took on Dragonoff a couple weeks ago. You can go to the WWE Network and see that yourself. That was one of the best TV matches that I've seen in a long time. Um, so, but I, I really like this roster as well because when I watch this show, there is really nothing I dislike about NXT UK. Because you look at that roster, I mentioned the Coffees, I mean, you know, Joseph Connors, just a young group, Noam Dar. Noam Dar may be one of the biggest heels in all of the WWE, but not enough people know it because I don't think enough people are watching NXT UK. Noam Dar is a chicken shit heel that is, but it still comes straight ahead. But when you see his interviews, he just seems like someone that you just want to punch in the face. So I think he's mastered that very well. Noam Dar is really good uh, as a heel for that company. And so it, it just I, I can just talk about them for an hour. Uh, but I think that NXT UK under Triple H's uh, watch has really done a great job of being all over the UK. Um, I saw they're going to have a, a show in Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, pretty soon here. So I, I just think that every time you see the crowds, they're always into it, those soccer chants. And uh, it's just a really budding brand that should have more say. Hey, listen, 
As someone who watches this show every week, I will tell you, uh, if you have not seen this, you got to watch it. It's it's really, really solid. I really enjoy it, if you have time. There's so much wrestling out there. I can understand if you don't have time. But I, I, I just, I continue to say that NXT UK is the best brand of wrestling per episode today. Talent roster, great booking, and hats off to Triple H for what he's done for NXT UK. Um, let's get to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling has a very good roster, and when I look at NXT, when I look at Impact Wrestling, when the announcement was made, and again you can go to the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we made the announcement when it came across, and we talked about it a little bit. It's so good for Impact Wrestling to have two hours of television every Tuesday. You're coming off of Monday Night Raw for three hours. Now there's a hole in the schedule on Tuesdays. And so now Tuesday nights, a dedicated time, two hours of Impact Wrestling. And for the most part, it's been decent. But there's times where you can look at that brand and say, boy, they're just squandering their time. They're squandering it. They could really make that show like a Bellator of professional wrestling or a, a UFC of professional wrestling and just have the wrestlers out there with a little bit, you know, again, a little bit of a wink and a nod to the camera to us uh, as wrestling fans. But they waste so much time on this WWE light when it comes to some of their um, skits and their interview segments. It, it, you can actually teach young wrestlers how to be able to talk into a microphone, look into the camera, and say, take me seriously, take my match seriously. You can't, you got to watch us when we're in the ring. you got to watch me when I'm in the ring. But no, we go to that fourth wall thing where the camera's not there, and you're just talking amongst your people. It just is completely stolen from the WWE. When you could actually be different and just be able to talk into a microphone and just be able to express yourself. There is... Uh, <laughs> it's funny, when Don Callis was with New Japan Pro Wrestling on a regular basis, there were some in the wrestling circles, including me, that thought, boy, if Don Callis had the pencil, if Don Callis was someone that could be the head of a wrestling company or a head of creative, boy, it would be so much better for the wrestling business because Don Callis knows what wrestling needs in 2020, 2019 at the time. And you see some of this programming, and it's like, once again, you can just tell between him and Scott Demore, maybe someone else in that room, that they're trying to produce things that's funny for the room and not necessarily funny for the audience. They have a very talented roster as well. Sammy Callahan as champion works for me. Absolutely. But if his number one contender is Tessa Blanchard, I'm always a little bit antsy with the um, intergender wrestling. I'm trying to get better with it. Um, but it's that's tough to watch to see Sammy Callahan against uh, Tessa Blanchard. But she comes forward, and she wants to be bigger than just a women's wrestler. She's fighting men and vice versa. Sammy Callahan taking on Tessa Blanchard. That, I guess there's money in that. I, I don't know. Uh, but I just look at that roster again, and I was at Bound for Glory in 2019 when it came to Chicago, and it was a good, very good show. And they're I look at up and down this roster of Ace Austin and the North as a terrific tag team, and Moose, and watching Michael Elgin. It's a, it's a really, you know, I'm Ethan Page. I'm looking at Eddie Edwards. It's a really good, and also the women. 
Uh, it's a very, very solid women's roster. I believe that Ty Valkyrie is criminally underrated and underrated on that show as well as Knockouts Champion. She is very good. She's got AAA experience when she was in Mexico, so I'm a big fan. Um, Kira Hogan, Havoc, uh, Jordan Grace, who's going to be a star, and, and she's on her way for sure. Jordan Grace, um, Tennille Dashwood, you know, Sue Young. So there's some veterans um, on this roster on the women's side too. So it's a solid roster. But I think one of the things that was disappointing to me that was did not necessarily go viral as they thought was when Impact Wrestling turned into like an old school wrestling thing. And they were just all the characters were like in old school outfits and pretending that they were doing like um, wrestling in the past. And it's, it was just weird because it, I don't think it was a time for all the wrestlers to, to go dress up and pretend like they were 80s characters. It was it, it felt like they were shitting on the past and pro wrestling and they really, they really need to go forward. I don't think it was a time for them to put on their Halloween outfits and pretend that they were wrestling characters from the past. I didn't like that. But again, it's something in The Office I thought. They probably thought, oh, this will be fun. Everyone just dress up as guys that paved the way for you in professional wrestling here in 2019. It's kind of, I didn't understand that. My my hope is, is that Impact Wrestling realizes that they have a very talented roster and that they'll be able to uh, come to the bigger cities. Um, again, Chicago was great for them. Bound for Glory was sold out. Uh, that you, It was standing room only all over that building where I was uh, for Bound for Glory. Hopefully they'll have more tentpole events and they'll be able to showcase their wrestling more because um, I think it's needed. Something a little bit different and that definitely, they're a little bit more on the entertainment side than I thought they would be. But when they get in ring, it is really solid. But it's got to get better though for uh, 2020. All the best to them because you got two hours of programming every single Tuesday night. Do something with it on a regular basis. Let's go to Ring of Honor. Ah, oh, Ring of Honor. We have talked about Ring of Honor several times on this show. I remember we talked to Mike Johnson about uh, Ring of Honor from PW Insider. You can go back to the archives, check out that conversation I had with Mike just a few weeks ago. So, I look at that roster for Ring of Honor with the Briscoes, of course, that are always reliable. There's always put on great shows, and Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham and Kenny King and Josh Woods and Dragon Lee and... Um, it's a really, I look at the, the, some of the young guys, I gotta mention Jeff Cobb because I saw him in New Japan and also he's wrestling at ROH and I understand that there's going to be some other wrestlers leaving ROH in 2020 and I, and I can look at these names and I'm not even sure if they're going to be leaving to go to NXT or going someplace else. My hope for Ring of Honor is that they understand that Sinclair Broadcasting either has to be able to spend some money or they have to do something else. It doesn't make sense for Sinclair Broadcasting to have Ring of Honor, but yet you're not spending money to keep wrestlers uh, under the ROH tent. Like, I don't know what ROH wrestling is right now. I don't know where they're going. I just know that Sure, I'm a fan of Dalton Castle, and sure, I like Beer City Bruiser, and I, and I like Alex Shelley, who made his return back. But when you hear Bully Ray, and Bully Ray's done some things with ROH, 
when you hear Bully Ray criticizing ROH, someone who works for the company, criticizing um, the company he works for, that says a lot. There's a lot of things that could have been with ROH. And the thing that comes to mind is, what if Sinclair put the money up for Cody Rhodes and for the Young Bucks to stay at ROH? Could you imagine ROH being where AEW is today? And that is a company that's on the rise. I want you to think about that. Because Bully Ray's made that point several times. That ROH had the the strength of AEW. The backbone of AEW. The Young Bucks and Cody. With ROH and somehow ROH said, Okay, you can go. That's fine. We'll, we'll go with Matt Taven. Like, you know, just like that. That's not that's not good business sense. Sinclair has billions of dollars as a television, um, someone that owns television, right? They own their own television network, and they have syndicated programming across the country. And ROH pops up in all a lot of these syndicated areas, or maybe in your backyard or uh, around the country, but yet. They're not spending money to be on one dedicated network. Because if you're Sinclair, you don't have one network. Okay, fine. You have a lot of different networks across the country. Try to settle in and buy time for an hour or two on one dedicated network for one dedicated night and then go for it. And if not, then what? what is ROH? That It does not have the same staying power or name recognition as it once did. ROH to me is the company that used to have Cody Rose, the Young Bucks and it go you know Brian Danielson and and Kevin Steen and on and on and on of great ROH wrestlers that used to be at ROH and now ROH still has good wrestlers, but what are you doing? PCO is the champion now for ROH. It's well deserved for a veteran, but is PCO the reason why you get up and, and pay money to see ROH in when it comes to your area? That's the question. My hope for ROH is that they realize that they have billions of dollars to spend. They need to find one dedicated channel, one dedicated network to go on, on a dedicated night, and so they can showcase what they are. Their marketing as far as being on Twitter, I mean, Ian Riccoboni does a great job of telling you about ROH, but still, they're very extremely regional. Baltimore here, a couple of shots in Michigan there, Chicago here. It, it's, it's, it's very spotty. Their house show is very spotty. And people, you know, people want to get behind it, I believe, but they've got to be able to find stars and they've got to find a place where everyone can enjoy ROH. They've got this honor club. You know, people are already spending enough money on the WWE network or, or going or spending on different cable packages to see professional wrestling or spending money on New Japan World. Now they're going to spend money on the honor club. You know, again, they've got to figure it out. Because talent and television are the two T's that are going to make any wrestling company. They have young talent. Like, I'm a big Mark Haskins fan. I like, I like some of the other wrestlers they have on here. Rush is a, good, a really solid worker for them. I'm just looking at this roster here. They've got plenty of talent. But there's also talent that's going to be leaving soon. So, I just hope the best for them because... Um, I hate for ROH to just kind of just 
go away because at this point in time, it's fading away from the wrestling landscape. And in 2020, spend some money. That would be a good idea. How about MLW? MLW has really grown big time. Shouts out to Court Bauer from MLW. What a brand that's really expanding on BN Sports. And I'm watching MLW exclusively on YouTube because I don't get BN Sports on my uh, cable package. So I'm watching on YouTube and watching Jacob Fatu in that very dangerous uh, faction that he's part of. It's it's really good. It's good that Jacob Fatu is a champion. I heard him interviewed a couple times. Hope to have him on the show at some point in 2020 because I think he's got a great story to tell. Um, to see Ross and Marshall Von Erich, they're still very raw. It's not smooth, and they they wrestle just kind of like their dad, Kevin. Kevin was never smooth in the ring either. He just he was just very raw bone and straight ahead. He was <laughs> he come at you at different angles. He potato you. He he put some hurting on you. So uh, it's great to see the Von Erichs uh, wrestling. Where we can, you know they wrestled in they wrestled overseas before they came to MLW. So we didn't get a chance to see them very often. I want to say they wrestled in Japan also. Um, but uh, it's good to see them there. I'm happy for Myron Reed, who's their middleweight champion. It's a long time coming for the Louisville, uh, Kentucky native, but happy for Myron Reed as middleweight champion. And to me, where the money is for the future for 2020 is Alex Hammerstone. It's got to be MLW champion at some point. There is the money right there. There is the money. He is he is terrific, Alex Hammerstone. I believe when I see some of his action from Japan, um, with him now the open weight champion for MLW, that's great. But the money is with Alex Hammerstone for the future. But you go up and down that roster of Brian Pillman Jr., who's on this program in 2019, uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr., uh, Low Key, uh, MJF is part of this crew as well. Richard Holiday, there's money in Richard Holiday. Um, Timothy Thatcher, who brings a whole different dynamic to the ring when he wrestles. Uh, when I'm watching um, King Mo, who's going to be part of this, uh, L.A. Park, it's, it's up and down the line. There's really good young talent on this roster. So I, I look forward to it. I, I've seen them in person three times now. Uh, they're going to be coming to uh, my area pretty soon. And I know that they've done a number of shows in Florida, in New York. And so they're expanding. They're expanding. Uh, they're going to have a show in Dallas in January of 2020. So I, I look forward to it. So selling out in many of the markets that they have, um, including Chicago, and I really think that they have a solid roster. And I look forward to seeing what they have here. As a matter of fact, yeah, the MLW Zero Hour is going to be on January 11, 2020 uh, from Dallas. So that, that's great. That's great for them. Because, once again, outside of AEW and WWE, there's an MLW that just continues to grow. And uh, that's really great for the wrestling business and for wrestling fans. Let me move over to the NWA. Into the fire! To the NWA. Well, this experiment is working well. <laughs> they have decided that after all of these great um, YouTube videos that they've had and the Crockett Cup out of North Carolina, they've decided to go weekly, episodic weekly television on YouTube Every Tuesday at 6.05 p.m. Eastern Time. If you have not seen this, 
you should see this because it, it, for an old school wrestling fan like me, this works. It works in a big way. It works because it just shows you that even in 2020, that you can put together a great experiment if you have a roster, if you have television, and that you have an arena to put them in. Studio wrestlings can still work. And so this has been a great experiment for the NWA. The creative development feels like 1980 with a definite modern twist. That's not a bad thing at all. Nick Aldis is the NWA champion and works perfectly for the NWA. Perfect. He has been the champion for over 420 days. He defeated Cody at the NWA 70th anniversary show. And it's great for Nick Aldis because Nick hits all the right high notes. His interviews, his look when he has a suit on. He's got Camille by his, by his side. It is the perfect look and the perfect champion. He calls himself the real world champion, which is a takeoff of Ric Flair when he said that when he went to the WWF in the early 90s. Um, and I, I love that. And every time he opens his mouth, there's something meaningful that comes out of Nick Aldis. Every time he says something similar to Flair, similar to Harley Race, Nick is playing the role perfectly as NWA World's Champion. It's, it gets to the point where you watch him, it's like, you know, I believe everything he says because he's very believable and very, is someone that you really think, hey, this guy is, gonna, is definitely the guy when it comes to the NWA. He carries that flag very well. Allison K, solid as a women's champion. Look forward to seeing more of her. Um, it is, it's, it just shows you a little bit of taste of the old school to have the Rock and Roll Express as the NWA World Tag Team Champions. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. Here's why it's not a bad thing. When the Rock and Roll Express get beat, and by, by the way, it is painful to watch Robert Gibson in there because... He's got some kind of knee issue. I don't know what it is. Ricky Morton's going around there like he's still in his 40s. And both of those guys are in their 60s. Um, but there's something that is going to be great for Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson when they lose the Tag Team Championships. And that is they're going to make Latimer and Isaacs or they're going to make somebody else really, really strong. Because it's really about younger talent, right? And so the Rock and Roll Express, when they, once they do lose the tag team championships, there's going to be a new tag team that's going to be made because they're going to actually beat someone in two of the all-time greatest, Gibson and Morton. So it's uh, that's cool. Uh, Cole Cabana's on this roster. Ricky Starks is on this roster. Uh, the, Of course, uh, the, the karate man, uh, the question marks on this roster. It's fun. It's fun. They've finally solidified their uh, broadcast booth. Really like that. With Stu Bennett part of the broadcast now, that's really good. So my thoughts for NWA Into the Fire is a great experiment, great TV, um, a TV arena feel. Uh, I, I really like it. Now, here's the thing that I'm wondering about. They have a television championship. I don't know if it's a tournament. I'm not sure what it is, but I know in January they're going to have another pay-per-view. They just had Into the Fire, and I don't have the official numbers of how well that thing did on Fight TV. I watched it. I thought it was very well done, I, and I talk about it long form in the archives here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, um, but I I don't know if there should be a pay-per-view um, in January. Just had one in December. 
but they're going to unveil the television championship. Now, it's a good roster. It's not like it's a WWE roster. It's not like they have 500 people on the roster. It's still limited, and they're bringing more people in, which I could tell. But they already have a world's champion in Nick Aldis, as I mentioned, a women's champion. They've got tag team champions. They've got the national heavyweight champion, Aaron Stevens. Uh, and they're not going to have a TV champion. Okay, well, they've got, they know what they're doing. I just think that's a lot of championships for a limited roster. We'll see what the NWA brings in 2020, but they've been a delight from, from the, all the videos that David Logano has put together to the in-ring action, the old-school feel. Old-school is new again for new viewers, and I hope all the best for them to have more and more viewers watching NWA Power on YouTube. Let's move over to NXT. It's always a pleasure to watch NXT. Always an NXT fan before they came to the USA Network. It was always fun to watch. It was also a brand that did not get a lot of attention as much as they deserve. Yeah, they had these big tentpole events that were attached to WWE shows. But now that you watch NXT on a weekly basis, you can see the genius of Triple H and his staff. It is uh, it always been a solid show. And it it's continues to be one of the best shows on television because of the way the wrestlers go about their business. You, you, you know the roster like I know the roster. It's a really, um, you have a lot of young people that still haven't had a chance to be on the TV on a regular basis. But look what they're what they've done. They have not reached a million viewers just as of yet, just the same as... Um, AW. We talked this Wednesday Night War. Both shows have not been able to reach a million on a regular basis uh, since they've gone against one another. But you know what? It's a win for us as wrestling fans because, as I mentioned, I already was an ML, uh, already a um, NXT fan before they went to USA. Triple H is is really doing well with this, and there's more professional wrestling than sports entertainment on that show, and I appreciate that. Because the difference between the two is very simple. When you're watching uh, the NXT brand, there's wrestling, there is an angle, there's heat, um, there's a lot of cheering from the faithful in Orlando at that Full Sail University. Man, that, that's a really, really solid show. And this is why it's intriguing to watch what AEW does to try to take on NXT because more times than not, NXT has been... Um, a more solid show as far as having the main event or the opener to be maybe the best of the Wednesday night, but yet maybe the interviews and the more intriguing storylines are on AEW. All depends on how you look at it from week to week, but I, I'm I'm a fan, and I think that the way NXT goes about their business is kind of how I would love to see more professional wrestling like that, in that there's uh, interviews, there are this terrific in-ring action, and when they do have a, an event, it's special. They don't have a pay-per-view every month. They just have shows every other month or it's tied to WrestleMania or tied to Survivor Series. And that's great. That's great. They're spreading out the action. It's not every week where we're, or every month that we're seeing a pay-per-view. Every week we're getting something special on TV. So hats off to Triple H. He's doing the right thing with that UK brand as well as good old NXT out of Orlando. Really, really solid show. New Japan Pro Wrestling. I look forward to seeing in 2020 what New Japan does when it comes to North America. I see that they're going to have at least 20 shows in America. Um, and I think... 
that's going to work, but I'm not sure. I'll go back to what we saw earlier in 2019 when the New Japan brand came to uh, Dallas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good idea to have it at the American Airlines Center or where the Dallas Mavericks play. I don't think that was a good idea. I think in a smaller venue that would have worked out even better for New Japan. Uh, but it looks like they're going to be doing a lot more shows uh, in America. And I look forward to seeing what they have because New Japan you know, continues to be a great brand. Okada is one of my favorite champions to watch in wrestling. Uh, Tanahashi is is Rick Steamboat. He's the he really is the dragon Rick Steamboat uh, for 2020, uh, and we'll be watching him for a few years now. So it's really fun to watch New Japan because there is that feeling of strong style. There is that feeling of a lot of um, pressure from the fans uh, and from the press there. Uh, when <laughs> when you see the wrestlers after. They're done with their matches. They go backstage and they got all kind of man, the press there in Japan, all over there, just like all the major newspapers and magazines and blogs and everything. And they're covering it like a sporting event, like a basketball game or a football game afterwards. There's just loads of press there. So it seems like there's pressure to perform. Even though, listen, it, you and I know what professional wrestling is, but in New Japan, they're covering it like it's the NFL. And I, that's, that's kind of a pleasure, actually. That's something different, kind of new. Uh, but I, I really enjoy New Japan. Now, the question is about their television. I don't know that New Japan will be on Access TV in 2020. I get Access TV. Um, I guess I might have to subscribe to New Japan World in order to watch it because I don't think that Mark Cuban's Access TV will be carrying New Japan in 2020 unless there's something I'm missing, because that's how I've been watching my New Japan on Access. So maybe there's a new network in place for New Japan, but I, I know one thing, uh, they should have something in place. They should have a TV network in 2020, because if they're going to travel the United States, yeah, you want to be able to have a connection on where people can watch it and then go to the arena in those cities that they're going to be. And lastly, of course, we go to the WWE. Well, the storylines and angles have to make sense, and you got to not confuse the audience. You have thousands of fans that want to get under the tent, and they can't get under the tent if you are changing your storyline. It's one thing to disagree with the storyline. Hey, it's a WWE. There's a lot of things I disagree with with the company because of Vince's vision on Raw and SmackDown. But it's one thing to have a, have a storyline, but if you're changing it in on the fly and just take the fans for granted, that's bad. There are so many talented wrestlers that we don't see on a regular basis on Raw and SmackDown. They're sitting back in catering, or they're on dark shows, or or shows that are on the WWE Network that we never watch. I'm hoping for 2020 that there's a turnaround in the booking and storylines on that show. I've heard from so many now that used to work for the WWE, writers and wrestlers, that Vince McMahon would say, don't worry about it, I got the, the fans. I, the fans will watch anything I will put out there, meaning that if we change a storyline in midstream, it's okay, because people will watch anyway. I don't think it's smart to take 
we as wrestling fans for granted. You and I have limited time as it is. Even if you don't have a life, you're not necessarily watching everything WWE. <laughs> There's other things for you to do and, and watch, even if we don't have lives, right? But my hope is for 2020 is that Vince McMahon will be able to utilize a lot more of his agents, not his writers, his agents, as far as storylines and what we can watch in 2020 for that this company. And here's what I mean. If you go back in our archives, and again, this is all part of our show. If you just if you've missed our shows, uh, you can go back and listen to my uh, thoughts from Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson has his podcast, The Arn Show, and talked about during his time there, especially toward the end, that Arn Anderson as an agent, as a producer for that show. And, and those like Arn, I guess you throw Dean Malenko in there and many others, those that wrestled does not have a say in the company. Those in the back did not does not have the say in the company as they once did. Writers have more of a say in that company than the former wrestlers do. And the former wrestlers that are agents are on the road with these wrestlers every single house show. So they're on the road as much as the wrestlers are. And they're filing reports and Vince is just pushing the former wrestlers to the side and taking more heed and more of a viewpoint of the writers. Well, those writers are not necessarily wrestling fans. They're writers. <laughs> That's a problem. <sighs> my hope is, is that for the WWE, my friends, that the storylines and angles start to make sense and that there's more of a feeling of the old school raw. It'll never be like it was in the Attitude Era, but there could be a sense of urgency. There could be a sense of, oh my God, what's going to happen next? That kind of thing. And that's for both shows because all of a sudden now, for me, I used to be a big SmackDown fan. Someone that would only watch SmackDown and watch Raw on YouTube or watch clips. SmackDown now is morphing into Raw in a lot of ways. And SmackDown used to be the wrestling heavy show. That's not good when two shows are the same. It's not good when all the wrestlers sound the same. So many talented wrestlers on that roster, but yet it all feels and sounds the same. Will it get better in 2020? Well, even if it doesn't, we, you and I have got AEW, we've got NXT, we've got NXT UK, we've got Impact Wrestling, we've got MLW, we've got the NWA, we got New Japan, we've got all the independents in your area, in my area too. As great you know, as this wrestling renaissance starts to get better, you notice that there's a lot more independent wrestling fans that are out there, and also going, they're going to their local gym or local armory and supporting those wrestling uh, shows as well. So that's actually good for the business. Uh, last thing, last thing. I don't know how many of you. Subscribe to the Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Wrestling Observer uh, reports or Wade Keller or anyone else that has a newsletter when it comes to wrestling. I'd say this, that I don't hear regular sports fans, baseball fans, football fans, NBA fans. I don't hear people talk about ratings or talk about demos when we break down NBA or when we break down the NFL or anything like that, on my regular shows on ESPN 1000, uh, we don't break down those things. I don't have callers calling in being concerned with the baseball ratings for a week. 
or a day. Or same thing with the NFL. I don't have anyone calling in. They want to talk to me about the Chicago Bears because I'm based in Chicago or, or talking about the NFC or the AFC or the playoff picture. But nobody calls to tell me about the uh, week-to-week ratings in the NFL. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. And same thing with wrestling. I would hope that, as a wrestling fan, that you look at wrestling for what it is, and that's a brand of entertainment, and not be swayed by what others are saying from a rating standpoint. If it go well, you know, if AEW is down this week, that means that NXT is a better show, so I'm just going to only watch NXT because I want to go with the crowd. You don't just go with the crowd just based on numbers. Well, the numbers say, the demos say, I'm, I'm between 18 and 34, so that means I, I, I can only watch AEW. So I'm going to have to just watch AEW because i got to go along with the crowd. No. You watch what you watch. And these numbers are not necessarily 100% true. I know that from being in this business for over 25 years in the t- television, radio, entertainment business. So I know that some of these numbers are skewed and not true. So don't go with the crowd. Go with what you like, and then you and I can talk about it. But never be swayed by numbers. Brian Alvarez can talk about numbers and ratings and all this other stuff. That doesn't matter. And ultimately, what matters is, are you liking the show that you're watching or not as wrestling fans? Don't feel like I got to, well, you know, this this number, this raw number is not good, so I got to be able to only watch SmackDown. I, I see a lot, lot of this online where people feel like they got to go on the go with the crowd because one show is not as good as the other show. So I got to be on one side because everyone else is on one side. I I don't understand that, but my point is, my friends, is that you like what you like. That's that's how I look at things. Well, I appreciate you guys listening and supporting the podcast as always. Uh, we're having a fun time here. Um, talking wrestling with you twice a week now here on ESPN 1000 and of course our Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday podcast. I hope that you have a great um, new year and in 2020 we're going to be bigger and better than ever with our show Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, Instagram at uh, Wrestling TWT and also the YouTube page YouTube.com Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Have a great new year. We'll talk again in 2020.